Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is John Roca, one third of the Geek Buddies, with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own, and some of you have reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. Welcome, everybody, to our live, our monthly live episode of the Geek Buddies here on the Outlaw Nation channel. Excited uh, to be joined by these two gentlemen again and having fun uh, hearing your thoughts and questions and uh, points of views about so many things, but also the fans' thoughts and points of views uh, live on the show. We're going to be going, I don't know, anywhere from 90 minutes to two hours talking about all kinds of things. we got so much to cover. I am one of your hosts. I am John Roca. I'm the writer and producer uh, and host here on the Outlaw Nation. I am Michael Vogel. I'm a writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies. And I'm very sad because it's John's last episode in L.A. <laughs> so I poured myself a 2 p.m. whiskey drink. Oh... <laughs> He drinks a whiskey drink. He drinks a lager drink. Yeah, uh, I love it. I love it. Uh, Go get your porters. Away. Ten feet away. And Go this is Shannon McClung. I'm an animation <laughs> writer and a television actor where you may have seen me on Silicon Valley, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and Teen Wolf. And yes, today is John's last show broadcasting from the Beverly Hills uh, Outlaw Studios here in Los Angeles. I should have come in like I should have come in like Ellis. <laughs> are you all are you all packed? Are you all packed? Yeah, You're pretty ready? much. It's, I mean, uh... the, the entire living room is just boxes uh and our two couches. So basically, but this is what's left. Uh, let me see, let me go a little wider. This is all that's left of my of the office. Those three wow. posters. That's all that's left. And then um everything else. Uh we've got uh clothes to pack here. We've got I've got to do some washing of the sheets so we can pack those. Uh, but tomorrow I'm taking down a carload. I might take down two carloads. And then Friday morning, they are uh, coming in at 930, 10 o'clock, something like that, stacking up the entire uh, truck and taking us all the way down to San Diego. And then I'll hopefully have my office set up over the weekend so we don't miss a beat on any content we do on the Outlaw Nation. When you say Booty. two carloads, is that two trips? You're going to yeah, drive? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I like to wow. drive to San Diego. It's relaxing. It's nice. Get to wow. crazy. listen to my music. crazy. You crazy. But guys, remember, Mikey, I used to drive I love to Virginia. You. I love you, man. I love you, man, but you're crazy. <laughs> 
Mike, you remember I used to drive to Virginia for my yeah, but like there's a difference. Stuff. I just know that there's a difference oh, between wow. like your your brain does a different thing. Like I recently drove up to visit a friend in San Francisco, and it's like oh. a six hour and something drive. If you know you're doing a six hour drive, right. your brain goes, okay, I'm going to map this out. It's every two hours. I'm going right, to stop right. to get a drink, whatever. When you go to San Diego, you're like, this is a 90 minute to two hour drive and then mm-hmm. I'm done. And then you go, and I'm going to take a 90 minute to two hour drive back and then I'm going to do it again. Yeah. And then I'm going to do it again. Right. That's a lot of drive. That's a lot of agains. And, and typically when driving from LA to San Diego, you, you yeah. might have that 90 minute to two hour uh, uh, time in your head. It rarely is ever that. It typically ends up being a little higher. Uh, have you been out there on the COVID tracks? There's nobody on in the highways. There's nobody really? on the highways outside I, of LA. We when, have I, made- when I drove to Oceanside, yeah. um, the, the, it, going down, it was not that bad. That was right. like 10 in the morning. Coming back, it was, I, I was really damning Christopher Nolan's name. Wow. Okay. Wow. Uh, the last three times we've driven down Ooh. San Diego to look at places, we haven't had an issue coming back. So um, not rarely any traffic coming back. So yeah, what's up? I'm excited that we have some uh, 10 p.m. from the UK tuning in for the live show. That's yeah. exciting stuff. Big Chuck. Whoop, whoop. I'm into it. Star at 92. Uh, we also have Lewis Cox who said, love you guys. We have Miss Ms. Marvel now. Then we're definitely going to be talking about that and so many things. And then maybe later on, uh, Mikey and, uh, and Shannon will – regale us with some terrible stories or embarrassing stories at my expense so be it uh but that is the life we're living today we got 59 of you joining us live i'm sure there are going to be more joining as we go along please don't forget to hit that like button already had like 20 likes before we even started so keep hitting that thumbs up button and le- not multiple times just if you haven't done it before hit it once and you're good to go and then leave a comment down below if you're watching us later a lot of you guys watch us later after we've done one of these live shows so please leave comments as well think, uh, let us know what you thought about the stuff we covered on the show all right uh so much to get into but first i think we gotta announce big big ms marvel movie casting don't forget to send in Streamlabs and super chats as well those are all up the Streamlabs address is right above my head uh the patreon address is above uh shannon's head and uh suggestion listen to the geek buddies on their separate uh, podcast feed is above mikey's head uh there you go so we're gonna get into all that kind of stuff but first let's jump into our first topic and that is ms marvel the casting was announced pretty big deal here it was a, a breaking story or exclusive from justin kroll i know my friend jeff snyder was trying to get his hands on this exclusive, but it went to Justin Kroll. Uh, he says it's, it's, it's on deadline. He's moved over to deadline now from Variety. I think he was there at Variety. Uh, he said, after a long and hard search, Marvel has found its Ms. Marvel. The studio is tapping newcomer Iman Vellani, I hope I'm saying that right, to start its Disney Plus series based on the comic book character. Marvel and Disney Plus recently named Adil El Arbi and Bilal Fala, Charmin Obaid Chinoy, and Mira Menon, Minon as directors on the project. Marvel is not commented on this so it isn't officially confirmed from marvel but justin is rarely wrong when he breaks things is why he's one of the best in the business uh the film's gonna oh, the series is gonna hail from writer bisha k ali centers on of course kamala khan for those who don't know kamala khan a pakistani american teen based in new jersey ms marvel first appeared in 2014 as marvel's first muslim character to star in her own title uh she'll become marvel's first on-screen muslim hero marvel studios chief kevin feige said in addition to appearing on the small screen kamala khan will be be included in future marvel 
films. This is massive news, especially because it's a newcomer stepping into this situation. She certainly must have shown something very powerful. Mike, you've been in casting sessions. I'm sure you've been there and witnessed that. Uh, this is a lot to put on the young shoulders uh, of a new actress or an up-and-coming actress to take on not only the Miss Marvel role in the MCU, but also to kind of take the first Muslim superhero Pakistani-American. There's a lot on the shoulders of this young woman. Uh, how excited are you for this? And uh, do you think they've probably made the right choice here, given the track record for Marvel? I mean, I'm super excited. I don't know a lot about her, so it's not like I'm like, yes, she's going to be perfect. But I'm super excited uh, for her, certainly. I think this is like big news for her. Yeah. Uh, and I also think it's really, it's smart casting. I mean, I, you know, I talked to a friend, I think we talked about this in the show. I have a friend of mine who worked at Marvel and he often kind of compared Marvel casting to DC casting. And he mm -hmm. said that DC tended, and I'm, I'm not knocking, there's some very good DC casting. So I'm not yeah. saying DC does everything wrong. DC tends to cast people that they think look like the characters. Mm -hmm. Marvel tends to find people that they think fit the vibe and the personality of the MCU. And then if they have to get them a trainer or do something to get them into shape, they do it. And their track record has been pretty solid, both with the known celebrities that they've cast and the unknown celebrities. Yeah. I mean, not that Tom Holland was a complete unknown, but he certainly wasn't the superstar name that people were tossing around for Spider-Man. And I think particularly uh, with Kamala Khan, it's great because she very much in her origin story is a stranger to the world of superheroes. Yeah. She is a fangirl. She's writing the fan fiction. She doesn't feel like she's a part of this world of epic gods and heroes. Mm -hmm. So particularly if this young actress is going to be joining the actual cinematic universe as well, as Kevin Feige says she is, um, Having a total newcomer standing there next to the Doctor Stranges and the Captain Marvels and the Spider-Mans of the world, like, I mean, that actually is going to look great and will feel more like the character of Miss Marvel than if it was more of a known quantity being cast in this role. Okay. Uh, Shannon? No, I yeah. mean, this is on the heels of Tatiana Maslany being cast and the Nick Fury series we'll get to a little bit later, but this is uh, what you're feeling about all this. Dude, there's an excitement that comes from picking someone completely unknown. Mm -hmm. And it's not something that I feel most studios are willing to do because a lot of times, especially with a big project like this, you, you yeah. want to have the cast stacked as much as you can. You want as much as, as many guaranteed eyeballs as you can get, and you can't always get that with a new person. But when you have a character who is on the younger side, that's where you get the opportunity. Like, yes, Tom Holland, he'd worked quite a bit, but if you were to ask your everyday moviegoer, what do you think of Tom Holland? They're not gonna have any idea who that is more than likely. Right, right, so the right. fact that they were able to give, you know, this young woman, uh, they're changing her life right now. Yeah, <laughs> and and there again, there's just something super, super hopeful and super optimistic, uh, optimistic yeah. about casting yeah. an unknown for this type of role. Yeah. And they're really, you know, what you say about that is so funny because when you say they're changing this girl's life, they really are. Mm -hmm. uh, but when you read that for those first couple arcs of Miss Marvel, what happens to her really changes her life. And it yeah. just makes me think of, and I think this is like the tip off to all Marvel casting. I remember sitting at Comic-Con when they showed that very first teaser for the first Iron Man. And you looked at Robert Downey Jr. as oh. Tony Stark and you went, wow. Robert Downey Jr. has gone through a rough patch, man. Substance yeah. abuse, drugs, alcohol. He really kind of fell down, but he's coming back. And 
holy shit, that's actually Tony Stark. That's perfect casting. <laughs> so like, to go from to go from that kind of moment of like, oh yeah, Robert Downey Jr. actually is the perfect Tony Stark to go to this girl and say, wow, they just cast this girl. She Nobody really knows who she is. And the Marvel Universe is about to completely change her life as she meets up with these other, holy shit, that's actually the Miss Marvel story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also, the, you've got the balance here. And I've seen a lot of people describe her as kind of like the Tom Holland Spider-Man approach to things in that she's she's a fangirl as well as being someone, as you just mentioned, Mike, someone who's like kind of fangirling and doing her own fiction, but also someone who is like playful and sarcastic and fun. And once again, this is Marvel in its new phase, understanding, hey, we had great older characters and older heroes. Now we got to kind of reboot with younger people and build them up through a number of films. So this makes a lot of sense. Of course, this is going to be the TV series first and then eventually show up, of course, in the MCU films uh, and have a, probably a big part to play. And we'll have what po the possibility of three pseudo Captain Marvels. If you throw in the actual Captain Marvel right now with Brie Larson, if you throw in Spectrum, uh, you know, is uh, Monica Rambeau, who is captain marvel at times and then you throw in now ms marvel this is a very interesting thing that they are banking on people's abilities to be able to separate out and kind of you know assign certain uh, characters uh, mythology and keep it all squared away and and have it all work within the same universe we're not getting three different spider-mans yeah i mean maybe we will in the multiverse of madness who knows but we're not getting them consistently appearing throughout mcu films so i, I find this to be a, a an awesome thing to see and certainly tessa thompson said there would be more diversity in this phase yeah. and they are certainly doing that my friend. well and kind of to your point, I mean, one of the best things they did with uh, with Tom Holland's Spider-Man, not everybody agrees with it, I think one of the best things they did is the relationship between Spider-Man, uh, Peter Parker, and Tony Stark, Iron Man. Agreed. Uh, and I think that sort of relationship, him sort of mentoring Peter as a young hero, really worked well, and it even paid off really well in uh, Peter's sort of journey in Homecoming. Right. And in the comics, the relationship between Miss Marvel and Captain Marvel as sort of a similar thing, but on the female side, like Captain right. Marvel really looking at Miss Marvel as like, you're a young hero, you're a young female hero, you've kind of taken on my name, uh, you know, I'm going to kind of keep you under my wing and look out for you. I think that relationship between this newcomer and Brie Larson could be really, really lovely as well. So yeah. I... I've been super excited about this Marvel from day one. I, I think she's one of the coolest characters in modern comics, and I cannot wait to see what they do with her on Disney+. Plus. Well, and also, like, this is going to be the, I'm assuming, going to be the Miss Marvel origin story. Now, yeah. you know, we, we had seen Peter Parker's origin story. We, we, we didn't need it again, but this is going to be our first time in the Marvel Cinematic Universe where we have a world populated with superheroes. Mm -hmm. We've had tectonic shifting events that have happened and then we're going to catch this this girl this 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 student um as a witness to that and then becoming a part of that like that's a that's a story that we have not really seen yet yeah i'm even, really come on go ahead go ahead go ahead, go ahead. just real quick even more so this idea i want to hear what you guys think of this i mean you know she is pakistani american her family is very religious in the comics you know they are religious so how much of the muslim religion religion will they address and make a significant part of this uh, of Ms. Marvel a Disney Plus series and how much of it will possibly transfer over uh, into the larger MCU. Uh, and on the heels, I don't know about you guys, but on the heels of last night's uh, whatever that was, it, this is a nice bit of like uh, breaking the clouds with a little bit of light. This idea that people are moving forward. Companies are moving forward. Studios are moving forward. That we are Marvel here. What's that? 
So thank God Marvel's here to wipe out. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, just creating a global family is all I'm saying. You know, they're not, they're not scared to put that out there. And I, I, and I hope be, that it becomes a prominent part. I would of be, story. I would be shocked if they don't. Just yeah. looking at, looking at the creative team that's involved in the show, and when you read the Miss Marvel comics, I mean, her, her life as a Muslim is not just a big part of it. Right. It's a central part of it. Yeah. Like her life. And her experience with her family and her her religion and her faith versus her life as a superhero. I mean, all of it. I mean, it is it is central to the story. So I think it I think it will be. And you know, I think that for a lot of people who are Disney Plus fans, who are Marvel fans, uh, this is gonna be their for a lot of people, not not everyone, but for a lot of people, this might be their first experience with a very, very uh Muslim-centric story, which I think. Uh, you know, if again, if they follow in the tone and the spirit of the comics is a very positive Muslim centric story. Yeah. Yeah. Shannon. Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting because we haven't, you know, did we see Steve Rogers going to church every Sunday? No, but but that wasn't also, you know, that wasn't really uh, a big thing in the comics. I mean, they, they didn't really go into his religion, but the fact that you have this, they lean so much into it in the comics, I think is a good thing. And I hope they do touch on it. Yeah, uh, she's not. I mean, there's not any hardly. I don't see any listings for her in IMDb as I'm looking. You guys are talking, uh, you know, and I don't see anything. So she's definitely a very new actress on this. She was part of this new wave last year, a TIFF new wave committee that was assigned to looking at uh, uh, su- um, submissions and deciding which ones really do focus on uh, being for people of color or being uh, inclusive or diverse. So she has, she has had a, t- a little bit of a tenuous connection to the overall industry. Now, boom, she is all in in this situation. So I'm looking forward to it. And, you know, we just finished recording Black Panther for the Cinephiles with uh, Jay, uh, and Jay Washington and Winston A. Marshall and talking about their perspective as two black men watching a film like Black Panther. Now you've got yourself a superhero like this that is going to represent a certain section of an also underserved community of fans. And we'll see how that uh, resonates with them if they create a fantastic series here and how that can be a powerful change for a lot of people as well as they watch this thing you know yeah. well and johnny one of our one of our audience members chimed in here oh, because yeah. lo- looking at her photo uh Iman Vellani's photo on uh yeah. on on deadline she looks very young so yes. i was curious like how old she actually is and uh uh Myrta Ranta here uh, oh, said, on here? yeah Iman Vellani is 18 by the way she's already directed a short film push, push that's on vimeo which i go. i certainly didn't know that right thank you Myrta Ranta. right I also another question that came up uh, here down at the bottom. Senor Nerd is asking: uh, Miss Marvel's an Inhuman. What are the chances that the royal family might make it a point, make an appearance? I'm really curious if she's going to be an Inhuman in the MCU. Hmm. I know she's an Inhuman in the comics. Right. Uh, I know in the Avengers game, uh, she sort of gets her powers from the uh, the ter- Terrigen mists or the the stones. Uh, I'm really curious if, as they're planning to launch the Eternals as they're making their plans to bring the mutants into the universe, whether it be the end of phase four, phase five, whatever it is. Uh, I'm really curious if they're going to try and throw in humans in there too, or if they're going to go a different way. Uh, I was really wondering about that. Yeah. Good point. Well, I mean, cause we don't have a date for this show. So I not mean, yet. No, Eternals, right. Eternals will production. have come out way before the show ever debuts. So that's, I mean, we hope. Show. We hope, Shannon. With <laughs> that, everything that, that's happening, we certainly hope it comes out before the that, show. That is the assumption. That is the yeah. assumption. Uh, Andrew Pickering says, keep up the excellent work, guys, from England here. 
Thank you so much. There you go. Thank you. I feel, like with all this, I feel like with all this UK talk, I'm just like trying to line up my Roca stories for when we were together. In London <laughs> oh my god. Months. I like this uh, outlaw Roca's last stand. I like <laughs> what the hell? What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> what the last stand? I'm just last in LA. We got six. This is it. We have something to tell you. <laughs> oh no, son of a bitch! We're actually <laughs> we're actually taking uh, we're actually taking over the entire YouTube channel after this. You're done. Son of a gun. Oh, all right. All right. Just put me off on that ice flow. Just put me out there on that ice flow. <laughs> Make sure you shoot the arrow right. Make sure you light me up. I don't want that uh, that mealy mouth guy from Game of Thrones trying to shoot the arrow. Um, uh, one thing to think about uh, for you guys too is uh, what does this mean? Are they these Disney Plus series? Are they connecting them up? Are they kind of setting them up as a new kind of pseudo team here? Uh, you know, She Hulk, Ms. Marvel. Maybe Falcon and Winter Soldier as well. Is this kind of a pseudo team coming in uh, into the MCU and doing their own thing? Because they're going to be kind of mentally connected, even even one division mentally connected to the Disney Plus series. Or is this just a fun thing of them? We have Moon Knight coming as well. We haven't heard any casting about Moon Knight yet. Uh, will that this be the kind of the new approach to things? More of a ground level approach to things, uh, other than Scarlet Witch, obviously a ground level approach to things that could be coming in here in place of like the Defenders. If they're not going to go the Defenders route it it doesn't seem like it okay i i'm curious it's a good question because it's it would be interesting to know what their thinking was in what makes it what is a movie like why is shang chi a movie for example and right. miss marvel and she hulk or disney plus series like right. like what was the what was the reasoning for saying well this is going to be x number of episodes and this is going to be this if everything is going to feed into the mcu yeah uh, because with the defenders there was a very specific choice of these are our ground level New York City heroes. They right. they pre-exist as a team. We're going to bring this team together. But, you know, Miss Marvel kind of would fall into maybe some of what they're doing with some of the other young Avengers kind mm -hmm. of hints. But WandaVision is very much its own thing. And uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon is definitely a continuation of like that top tier level of heroes. Yeah. She-Hulk is tied to Bruce Banner and she's not really a young Avenger and she's not a ground level hero. She's So, I mean, there's – and Moonlight is a completely different thing. So yeah. – I don't think it's a let's link all these up and then feed them. Okay. I kind of feel like this is just more part of their epic tetrising of this story and going, yeah. well, if Eternals is going to come out here and this is going to come out here, and of course that all changed in the past couple of weeks mm -hmm. thanks to COVID anyway. Right. But like if this is going to happen here and then the Eternals are going to kick this thing off and that's how she's going to get her pat, like, you know, whatever yeah. that's going to be. I don't know. Okay. Shan, yeah, I mean, certainly with some of the characters, like with Ant-Man 3, with with the possibility of stature coming in with Miss Marvel, like, you know, I don't. Miss Marvel wasn't one of the Young Avengers, right? No, she wasn't. But I she mean, could not be. a Young Avenger. She's not a Young Avenger, but, but I mean, somebody already over here is right. is is, uh, is mentioning uh, Adnan Kabir is, is mentioning the Champions, which is another young hero team with like the Amadeus oh, yeah. Show Hulk and Miles Morales and Kamala Khan. So uh, there's. She's definitely a younger age hero. Right. And had she been around when Young Avengers had happened and come out, I would imagine she would be. So right. as they're putting this other things together, she may end up as a younger Avenger. You know, so I, I think there's a lot of options out in the ether and there's enough pieces on the board that they could go in a lot of different directions. I yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think they, they are building out the world right now. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's an exciting time if we ever get to see it. Yeah, true. Uh, Kumal and Johnny tweeted something I wanted to read. He said, I just saw they cast Ms. Marvel and legit got teary-eyed. Congratulations, Iman Balani. Your work is going to mean so much to so many people, myself included. 
I can't wait. What an awesome uh, tweet to get from him. He's going to be part of the Eternal. So will that be a connection? Like, will that will they make something there? I don't know. It could be interesting yeah. as well, too, to see all of that. So I'm excited about it. I'm happy about it. I think Marvel's just kind of doing their thing. We've got our game plan. We've got things we're going for. Uh, DC seems to be kind of picking up speed as well. We'll get to that in just a second. Uh, so it's, it seems to be, like, once again, it seems like another uh, uh, time to be excited about superhero stuff. I know people are like, oh, another superhero. Those people are becoming smaller and smaller and smaller, and more of us are enjoying the fact that we're getting more heroes to get to see them live action and excited about the creators and the number of creators that are being involved and the diverse number of creators that are being involved to to bring these uh, uh, properties to life and these characters to life on screen, whether it be uh, a small screen or large screen. It's great to see. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think you also made a good point. I mean, kind of uh, tongue in cheek, but kind of too. Like, look, things for a lot of people not great in the world right now. It's a tough time. Going through, going through a lot of things. Yeah. Going through a lot of shit. And uh, you know, as much as these are all just made up characters on panels in a comic book that we mm-hmm. all read, uh, that representation still does matter. It still oh, yeah. does make a difference. And the reason that people feel so strongly about these is because you know, heroes represent the best of us and the more diversity that there are in heroes the more excited we can be about that diversity the more excited all of us can be on board with that diversity the more that does sort of bleed in really little ways into everyday life so i think uh i think it is important and i think that uh i I'm, i'm just really excited to see where they take all this i think marvel you know, continually is stepping up their game on the diversity and the representation, both in front of the screen and behind screen, as you can see right. by the entire creative team on the show. Yes. Uh, and I think that's real. And I think that's really important too. So I'm, I'm, I'm just super jazzed about all of it. And to your point, it makes me feel a lot better about myself today than I felt about you know, <laughs> yeah. X number of hours ago as I was just staring <laughs> blankly into the void. So I'm just sad that this means less roles for Scarlett Johansson to do. I just say that's a shame. That's a shame that you won't get a chance to play every character under the sun of different ethnic origin. Andrew G says, Geek Buddies, hey! hey! Oh, yeah, I forgot to, we forgot to introduce it that way. My apologies. But Johnny, it's a lot. We forgot. <laughs> every, every, every time this has happened, and I, and I think, what, we've been doing the podcast for, what, about a year and a half Over now? a year, yeah, yeah. Year Something half, like yeah. that. This has probably happened on, I, I can count on one, maybe two hands, how many times we have forgotten to do the, the Geek Buddies. Hey, and going back and looking at the tape, you will see Michael and I have the same look every yeah. time. Yeah, but you keep your <laughs> mouth shut. So you, take the- you go, you go, hey, welcome to Geek Buddies. It's me, John Roca. And me and Shannon go, the fuck? <laughs> nice. What the fuck was that? Seems we like got a strong reaction. It's right? what we do. <laughs> what Andrew did it at least. Yeah, but you guys don't say anything, so I feel like you're complicit. I don't That's why we do it. That's what you guys you don't want. know what happens when the camera stops rolling. He is mean. Yeah. You don't want to step in front of the train like that. <laughs> I, I like that we also got a shot of John Roca's pasty legs. Oh, my legs are so pasty right now. It's insane. My girlfriend said, I can't tell if the sidewalk is white or your legs are whiter. I can't tell. She was like, My legs are I gotta I, I can't wait to lay out in our new house. <laughs> all nice and dark. Um, uh, someone asked who uh, Miss Marvel's main villain might be. I guess Moonstone would that be right, uh, Mike? As the kind of the uh, doppelganger of uh, Miss Marvel, is she? I mean, Miss uh, Captain Marvel is she? No, she's got Miss Marvel. Very much had uh, at that you know on like on the first like you know couple years of her run, just had very sort of 
wacky, weird villains. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think back through, but like it was very sort of tied to her Jersey community. It was tied okay. to oh. very specific things. She wasn't, she wasn't really tied into this bigger world. Now I will say, and somebody brought this up, uh, Loki actually played a pretty significant role in the first mm -hmm. couple of years of her comics, popping up mm -hmm. here and there. And it okay. uh, was always really fun when he showed up because Loki showing up at a high school, that's just a great combination. That's True. just good things that can happen. So with uh, kind of to your point, Johnny, with Loki sort of, hopping around on Disney Plus as well, it yeah. would be interesting to see if he showed up uh, that somewhere could be fun. in the series. Hell so yeah. I think there's a lot of potential. There's a lot of really, really cool things. That's a great point, Mike, because they haven't said too much about the Loki series. They haven't revealed too much about the storyline of where it's going to go. So maybe they're releasing all this stuff first, and Loki is the thing that ties them all together. You could totally see Loki in WandaVision. You could totally see Loki in, in uh, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. You could totally see Loki here, Moon Knight possibly, even in uh, in the uh, in the uh, in the She-Hulk. So yeah. it's all possible that Loki is the key that ties them all together. That could be very interesting. Um, and we'd be remiss not to mention the creators of Ms. Marvel. I know we're talking about everybody's going to work on it, the series, but uh, Sanaa Amanat, uh, Stephen Wacker, writer G. Willow Wilson, and, and artists Adrian Alfona and Jamie McKelvey were all responsible for creating Ms. Marvel in the first run of Ms. Marvel. So uh, shout out to them for seeing their character they created. Now, so quickly get a see, I mean, this is only 2014, 2012, something like that. So quickly to be seen on screen and possibly on the big screen too down the road. So shout out to them. Some people have to wait 30 years before their creation gets up on that screen. Uh, yeah, some people said Moonstone, you say for Captain Marvel. All right, that's fair. That's, that's fair. Uh, all right, uh, thanks, everybody, uh, so far for the uh, the Super Chats that have come in. Remember, the Streamlabs and Super Chats are up, so send us your questions. Send us your thoughts, your points of views, you know, all that. You see the Streamlabs address right above my head, but also the Streamlabs address is available in the description of this uh, video, so you can go and uh, get that link and then send in some money, send in some questions that you want us to answer answer here on the show all right let's move on to our next thing who's got our next thing who wants yeah, to jump in i think that would be me since we got some good marvel news let's get some good dc news as well so last week this kind of happened under the radar because at least when i found out about it you know i have my, my my sites that i like to go to it was kind of further down in the notices but we found out at dc fandom that Black Adam is going to be encountering the Justice Society. And this yeah. incarnation is going to include Dr. Fate, Adam Smasher, which we already knew, who's going to be played by uh, Noah Centineo, Cyclone, and Hawkman. Yeah. So we found out last week they are going with Aldous Hodges. So if you do not Hodge. know... Hodge. Oh, oh, is it Hodge? Yeah. Aldous Hodge, excuse me. If you don't know who this guy is, he is a dynamite actor. He's, mm -hmm. He was uh, in The Invisible Man. He played... He played the pseudo pseudo male lead. Yeah. Um, he uh, started off, at least when I first saw him, as uh, in Friday, the first season of Friday Night Lights. He was also voodoo, YouTube. voodoo, <laughs> <laughs> voodoo and Friday Night Lights. Was he? Is that him? <laughs> yeah. Wow. I only oh, made yeah. it through one season, so okay, all right. Oh. It <laughs> sorry, sorry pal let's yeah. let's let's not no no, 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 no no we can't bear it <laughs> and no michael in football you gotta throw a flag you yeah, gotta throw a flag doing, mike? i don't know what the oh. t is <laughs> i don't have a yellow one i have a blue <laughs> oh, i don't know what that is. no you throw it you don't wave it you you only made it through one season of the greatest show that ever existed on television I, I don't and it's you. about football and i'm the gay guy and i'm telling you that is the best show on television. It's not really about football, though, is it? Is it? It's about no, staring at Rickens' eyes. It is That's about life. life. <laughs> it is. is it? 
It's about it's about clear yeah. eyes and full hearts. No, all right, let's move. Let's keep moving on. Out of thought. Also played DJ LM straight out of Compton. Anyways, this yeah. guy is a dynamite, dynamite actor. And The Rock put up a post on Instagram welcome, welcoming him to the cast. This is actually the third time we're getting a live action Hawkman. The first was in Smallville. The second was in, I think he started off in The Flash and then he went to Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. But this is our first cinematic Hawkman. I think this is dynamite casting. Uh, he, he's a super intense actor, but if you've ever seen, there was a TNT show called Leverage. Uh, that was sort of like a heisty type show. You know that he can, he, he does have a wonderful sense of humor as well. Gentlemen, what do we think about Aldous Hodge as I'm assuming Carter Hall? Yeah. Uh, Mikey? I mean, I think it's great that someone who keeps getting reincarnated as an ancient Egyptian is finally the color of an actual Egyptian. <laughs> so, I mean, wow. that's cool. Well, closer to the color. I was going to say, not all the uh, Closer yeah. to the color. Uh, yeah. What was somebody did? I just saw, like, just apropos of this, I saw a tweet the other day that was like, what are you talking about? The education system isn't white-centric. And then it showed a picture of ancient Egypt where everybody was, like, pale skin white. And you're just like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. That book, it looked like Homelander. Uh, yeah. Like yeah. Homelander <laughs> with the headpiece on. So, anyways. Uh, but, no, I think he's, like, I think he's a great actor. I've been a fan of his since Friday Night Lights. I had a lot of questions about this movie. Uh, I'm very, I am very unclear and unsure about what this movie is going to be and how it fits in, if it fits in with anything else and how that's supposed to make sense. And I have a lot of questions. Uh, and as we talked about post DC fandom, I love The Rock. I think he uh -huh. is delightful. I think he is charming. I don't know that this is his role, uh, but I'm way more excited about this casting and this yeah. character kind of than I am about Black Adam. So I'm super on board with this. I'm just really, this movie is one of those things that you're like, so wait, what? Who, what is this? When is this? Where is the Justice Society? Why? But, but yeah. we, the dawn of justice happened here. Where the, did they not dawn before? Like, I don't know. I've got a lot of questions. Well, yeah. Well, I'm excited about it. I mean, Aldous Hodge is someone I was very lucky to interview yes, uh, last year twice on set visits. Uh, very nice guy. Uh, just awesome energy. Really cool, really nice, really composed. And really just kind of still in awe of this track of his career, you know. And uh, some people, another thing you didn't mention, Shannon, is City on a Hill. He's fantastic in that series with Kevin Bacon. I think 10 people saw that series, but it was damn good. Uh, as, a, as a political person myself, I, I love the hell out of that thing. So that's one you should definitely watch to see his talent. But he's a guy who understands where he is in the machinations of things. And I've said, I tweeted this as well. I asked him about whether he'd want to play Jon Stewart. He was my vote for Jon Stewart. I like that kind of self-composed strength that exuded off of him. That he didn't have to. He didn't have to show anybody how strong he is. He just is, and I think that's the thing I love about Jon Stewart. So I wanted to see him play that. But that being said, this is a great casting decision. Yeah. And as you said, Shannon, he's got. He can do comedy. He can do action. He can do thriller, like Invisible Man play rap artist he can play everything he can play a lot of things and so to see him flow with the rock this reminds me so much of the rock uh being uh, instrumental in getting idris elba cast as the villain in hobbs and shaw once again a strong black actor he can play against who has a little more pedigree in terms of acting ability than the rock so kind of making the rock step up to the plate and go back and forth with this guy so i think this is going to be a tongue-in-cheek movie that's why you cast the rock it'll still be fun and brutal and action oriented and have some some strong themes, but 
but I think it's also going to have a lot of humor in it. And Aldous Hodge being able to play the humor of that all really works. There's no there's no conversation that Hawk Woman is going to be in this movie, so it'll be Hawk Man. Uh, but there were rumors, and what I was reading in the Hollywood Reporter about it, someone really wrote a great article about it. It'll be interesting to see if they go with the story that he is uh, he's been around for centuries. Not the Egyptian god story, but rather that he's been around. He's from Thanagar and been the the policeman of the galaxy, kind of like Green Lantern a little bit, uh, for centuries and been on Earth as well. So to see the progression of the world, not the country, the world for centuries through the eyes of a black man, what's that experience going to be like? And if if, uh, The Rock, of course, is going to be playing Black Adam as a black man, they're both – both uh, 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 Hawkman and Black Adam, they're both kind of kings of their own kingdom. So what is it going to be like when they come together? So it's a titanic clash between these two guys. So I'm excited about it because I like the the combo of both of these two gentlemen together. But I'm with you, Michael. I need to see a little bit more to see where we're going with the JSA and what that's going to be about and how much how instrumental they're going to be in this overall story with Black Adam. But as far as casting goes... This is a great thing. And there's already rumors that they're doing this to spin off either a JSA movie or a Hawkman movie. And that's where Hawk Woman will be introduced and hear that whole story. So Aldous Hodge is a guy you cast not to play one, not to play a role for one film. You want to have him play a little uh, more stuff uh, going on down the road. So maybe he spins off and joins the Justice League. That's possible and be part of the new version of the justice league we could see well and if this is if this takes place in the same earth that everything else in the dc eu takes place in i mean the justice society at least Mm. way back when the justice society was earth two the jla was earth one i believe and it's interesting because yes there's definitely the thanagar thanagarian aspect thanagar is the planet hawkman has a very convoluted it has some very convoluted backstories um and i think they've done their best to streamline them over the years and i and i love the thanagar stuff i mean that really goes back to like the animated justice league um but the i don't i don't see them skipping over the reincarnated aspect especially when you have black adam with uh back in conduct like i i don't think i think that's an opportunity to connect those characters yeah i agree that there's going to be some kind of connection there based on that like there it would be dumb to like leave that lying on the floor so i, I agree with that even if they keep yeah even if they keep him as somehow thanagarian and reincarnated uh i think they won't leave that on the floor i just it just makes me i really hope that with flashpoint they clean all this up because it is just really it's hilarious to listen to us talk yeah, to have the Miss Marvel conversation that we just had, <laughs> follow it up with this conversation because the Miss Marvel conversation is—they're all part of the same universe. I wonder if Loki will show up. It's cool that like she and Brie Larson could have this relationship. She's going to be in the movie. She's going to be introducing these characters. Whatever happens to her in the Disney Plus series is also going to be happening in the Marvel universe. Like it is a very clear whether people like the choices that are made, think it works or doesn't work. It's all very streamlined. And with this, it's like well. Is this the same world as the Justice League? Because I guess Black Adam is the same world as Shazam, and he right. was in the same world as Superman and Batman. But then where was the Justice Society? Because they're like at Earth two, but then are they in Earth two? And Black Adam's in Earth two, but then he's gonna come to Earth one and be like, "Hey Shazam, I'm gonna fight you!" Boom, boom, boom. Like you're just like, what? What's happening? What? What is happening? Oh, where are we? Uh, when, you, when you say it like that. 
it's it's sort of the difference between when you have like a really good city planner, like you look at you look at the island of Manhattan and you see how everything is kind of laid out. <laughs> and then you look at sort of an aerial view of Los Angeles and be like, wait, this yeah. street stops here, but it picks up over. Wait, 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 wait. The DC Universe, the DC universe is the Los Angeles of movie franchises. <laughs> Where you're just like, oh, well, no, Wilshire's below Santa Monica Boulevard. Until you get to Beverly Hills, and then Wilshire's above it. What do you mean about? Well, they cross. Well, why would you do that? I don't know. I don't know. Wait, Hollywood Boulevard or Hollywood Way? Ah, we have a we have a severe lack of original names for streets out here. Uh, at least they named them. I, I don't know. You know. Uh, yeah, there are areas in Virginia where it stops and then starts up again way on down the road. And you're like, wait, what? When did we get to here? Uh, how did we get to here? So it's, it's you know, at least it's that. It's that kind of situation. <laughs> uh, but all that being said, I do like this casting. Like, <laughs> I, I am excited about the casting. And and especially, and we've talked about this, but like. This, I, the, wait, this, like, is the, this is the DC war room right here. This is the DC war room right here. <laughs> <laughs> I do I, I do like this casting and I am curious as to where all this is going and post right. DC fandom I will say that I am more excited about where DC is going and what they're going to do I just I really want that Flashpoint movie to pull off a miracle so that we can all just move forward and be like okay you're caught up <laughs> to a degree and we're on board and let's just keep going yeah yeah some well, people are saying, why does it matter if, if it connects? Uh, DC has stated it, before they're going for a multiverse approach. Here's why. But here's what actually I'll tell you exactly why, because I knew people were yeah. gonna say that. It, it was the conversation. If if DC just said nothing connected, cool. Like right. I'm 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 on board. Like I'm not gonna say everything has to connect. So my point is not everything needs to connect. Per personally, I think that's the bigger win from a creative and financial standpoint. But if DC came out, look, Joker's a great movie. The Batman, the Matt Reeves Batman is not going to connect. They've got some cool shit going on. If they kept going down that road, but it's just funny that when you have these conversations, it's a geek's natural inclination to do exactly what John and Shannon yeah. did which is to go, well, so this movie's really cool and this casting is really great. So we're talking about maybe there's going to be a Hawkman spinoff. Well, a spinoff means connected. Right. And if there's a Hawkman spinoff, maybe he's going to join the Justice League. Well, you can't join the Justice League unless it's connected. And so it's just funny because it's like it's almost like it's impossible to have a conversation about these heroes. We know all these heroes are connected in comics. Right. We know that Marvel has connected all their heroes in their universe. Right. And so the more that we like these movies and the more that we love these characters, yeah. I think the more people will want to see them connected. Yeah. And awesome. so I think it just needs to get figured out. Like if they choose not to, they choose not to. And all these characters can just exist in different universes. But I think at a certain point we're all going to be like, come on, who doesn't want to see Hawkman fight Michael Keaton's Batman and Polka Dot Man from Suicide Squad? I don't know. Like, what up? Sure. I like it. Or, or Peacemaker well, with John Cena. Remember that series is coming too. Oh. <laughs> well, Black Adam comes out December 2021, and then we will find out if Aldous Hodges Hawkman has wings. Hey, there it is. He got there. 
God damn it, Shannon. Jonathan Cabane <laughs> with the Nick Cage Superman spinoff. Yeah, there you go. Trying to get you excited about it. Thank you, JG. Why are we gonna bring Shan? Why are we gonna make Shan do that again? Did we get enough? Did we get enough of those giggles last week? Uh, well, before we move on, I want to remind you all, there are almost 200 of you all watching us live. Thank you so much. Please hit that like button, that thumbs up button, and get us over 100 likes. We only have 190, I'm only 77 likes right now. And listen, you guys are dropping the ball on the chat as well. Where's the Where's the Super Chats? Where's the Streamlabs? Come on, people. We're going live with the Geek Buddies. Support the show and support the channel with the things that we do here. I'll tell you all what. I'll tell you all what. We're going to yeah. get there. We are gonna. We have some other geek stuff to talk about. But if yeah. you guys want to get in the Super Chat, start asking the questions about embarrassing Roka stories because we got to we gotta think about them and line them up. We got to get them ready. And this is the day to do it. He's not going to get – he says he's not going to get mad at us. We'll see. <laughs> this is a pre-roast. This Depends is a pre-roast. On the story. Depends on the story. <laughs> I'm like, how how deep cut are we going here? <laughs> I don't know. Go as deep as we want. I'm, I'm cool am with I, it. If they donate enough, you can go as deep as you want. I'm cool with it. Am I going next? Or are, we, are we talking about uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Other uh, Disney? Are we talking about the other Disney Plus uh, Marvel? Yes, but we had one more. Uh, we had one stream lab that came through. So let me read it real quick. Uh, this is from Spinning Underscore Art. They said, "I am Latino and love the new diversity coming to superhero properties." So do I. In the same vein, what would you think of a hero character being introduced with more red state conservative views? We can't ignore that a good forty percent of the country leans that way well um i don't Ooh. agree that a good 40 percent of the country leans that way but that being said um i do think there is a argument to be made um to open the door to that kind of thing but isn't the boys kind of filling that void right now with homelander and stormfront they're kind of doing that red state point of view mm. on yeah. the show in my opinion I- I'm going to argue with you for a minute on this. Because Feel free. That is, Feel free. Those are two villains. If you say so. And I think that... Some people wouldn't call them villains. Well, but I think that... I, I think purity... I don't know if everyone's aware of this, but we live in a divided country right now. And I would yes, say the three, of us, the three of us, probably, I would say, you would all agree, lean to the left. Sure. Um, I know people from back home, other people who I respect, who I'm friends with, who are more red state people. Mm-hmm. I think the key to this, to the, the key to answering this question is not to say, oh, well, should this character be xenophobic or homophobic or racist? But I right. think the key to this question is to actually answer in a non-judgmental way, what are the values of a red state person in a positive sense? Someone who has a strong sense of faith. Why are the red state points of view different from the blue state points of view if these are positive points of views, right? Plenty of blue people have faith. Plenty of blue state people have all this stuff that you're about to describe. What would you say say are the, in a non-judgmental, non- I don't think you can do it in a non-judgmental way. And because the, 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 what separates the blue states from the red states is some of the red states' points of views of being okay with uh, some of the systemic racism that's happening or looking the other way and not thinking it's happening, also being okay with some of the misogyny and sexism happening, saying it's all too much, uh, being okay with the fact that I don't want to be learning about pronouns. I got enough to worry about. Those those kinds of points of views. You don't find that attitude necessarily predominantly in the blue states or in the blue point of view. 
So that's the thing. And that's not being judgmental. That's pointing out what's actually happening. It's not judgmental. It's facts. But I, 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 I hear I wonder, you. And I, I hear you. And I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying to step out. with the red state point mind. of view that is different from the blue state point of view. That's what I want to hear. The red state point of view that you would not find in a blue state as well. That's what I want to hear. Uh, working class, uh, lived in the same town my whole life, struggling to survive. Factories are closing. Right. I am just trying to support my family. Uh, I've so not, those are not in blue states. You think those are not in blue states? I'm not saying they're not. I mean, look, you can be gay and be in a red state. You can be gay and be blue. I'm trying to say that, like, what I'm really trying to say is it's not as black and white or blue and red where it's you can only be one or the other. You can be a person of faith who is liberal. You can be a person of faith who is conservative. I would say that the stereotype is that if you are gay or a person of color, you lean liberal. I would say right. that the stereotype is that if you are a strong person of faith, you lean red. I know plenty of super faith uh, people who are very tied to their religion who are not yeah. red people, but I'm just saying that like, I think the entire concept of saying uh, a character who tends to be on the more conservative side, who is a hero, is actually an interesting challenge. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah. That could so, be yeah. something, certainly. A hero, I think the abortion thing certainly is something to separate. I think that's fair. Yeah. Well, and also think back to like during the 70s, like with uh, Green Lantern and Green Arrow, like that, that run mm. in the brain old that you had green arrow who was a very liberal very liberal hero who marched against like nuclear proliferation you had green lantern who was a much more conservative character and then was, you get who was, speedy, a, who was a cop who was a cop yeah it was a cop right and, and then you get speedy's uh drug addiction which you know oliver good one good one i like it oh yeah <laughs> but i mean i think I think in terms of like the red state point of view, blue state point of view, if you're talking about classic red state, if you're talking classic Republican, um, I think there's an argument to be made for having that superhero and, and, and making an interesting story. I think when you yeah. go to the far fringes of where a lot of politics has gone recently, yeah. to me, that seems like a villain. Right. Right. Yeah. On either yeah, side. I mean, I say, on either I, side. I, I on either side. Mean, sure. yeah. You could argue Thanos say, is as liberal as it gets. Because Thanos is like, everyone is equal. I'm killing half. I don't care what your economic station is, what gender you are, what color you are. Half of you are dead. It doesn't matter to me. So that's really ultra liberal. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. No, I, was, I, I do think it's an interesting challenge because I don't know how I would be able to tell a story about a hero who was stereotypically less accepting mm -hmm. and have that be a positive arc except for them to become more accepting, which in the terminology that we're using would lead to more liberal. So it's an yeah. interesting, it's an interesting uh, challenge yeah. to that, figure out. That's what my point was to, to come back at what you were saying. It was like, I get that you want to, but to, if you can't, if you're going to point out the stereotype, you can't stereotype as, Oh, it's a religious person, blah, blah. There's gotta be something more that separates them from uh, the normal hero that you find. And that is a good challenge to take on. Um, and I don't want to see people who do like God left us behind or what God left behind, whatever that is. I don't want them to tackle it because they'll fall into the stereotypes, turn the liberals into the villains. And that's not what you want. What you want is someone who's actually going to explore these points of views and still have their point of views. And by the way, we've seen that in the comics. We've seen heroes have like Captain Adam at times. Captain Atom at times has that kind of like conservative yeah. point of view or, you know, things of that like that. So that's been explored and would I, I, I'm down with it as we keep moving forward. 
have a really tough exploration of that. Um, I bring Homefront and and um, and uh, I'm sorry, Stormfront and Homelander in because you know Homefront more than Stormlander, home for this idea of wearing yeah. the American flag, the typical <laughs> Captain America guy, but also having fantasies of decimating anyone who is contradicting him, and fantasies about being able to do these terrible things to people. So it's that kind of thing of being questioned and not being sure what to do because he's essentially standing in for America, being questioned as a superpower by other people is essentially what he's by people he seems as he deems as lower than him. Uh, so it's that struggle that he's struggling with in season two. And it's fascinating to watch and all shout out to Anthony Starr for doing a fantastic job as an actor with that role. So that in essence kind of stands in for a red state, whereas Stormfront is more like the, like the MAGA more Stormfront is like the MAGA hero. And there's the difference with how she approaches yeah. things, you know? So I don't know. It's, it's fun to watch this season. That's for sure. Uh, to see all oh, that. Yeah. It's, it's a great question. Uh, thank you. Uh, spinning underscore art. It's a good conversational question. Uh, Ethan Murphy says president Vogel stormfront, the boys versus avatar Cora. Where's your money? Avatar Cora, get out of here. What are you talking about? Like avatar Cora has got this. Look, I, we, I don't know that we've seen the limits to stormfront's power yet. So she's, yeah, that's scary. dude. She seems like she can take a lot is what she seems like. She seems Hello. like she can take a lot. But uh, look, Avatar Korra, she's got, she's got. <laughs> I'm not saying it. <laughs> so many um, different ways you could have put that. Avatar, Avatar Korra has got, you know, she's got the spirits behind her. Uh, you know, she's got, she's got Rava. Like she's gonna, she's gonna take that at the end of the day. Also, good guys win, and 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 Stormfront does not appear to be a very good guy at all. So we'll see how, we'll see how the boys wraps up. Well, uh, I will talk about it when we review the last four episodes, but, uh, but yeah, I'm with, I'm with you. Okay. The boys this season has been a fucking ride and he, like even more of a ride than the first season, uh, uh, particularly them making fun of Dawn of justice as much as they are, which I oh find hilarious. Like Dawn of the seven has been, uh, has, has been a real, a real treat, a real treat for me. I'm sure. Uh, so sorry, 99 donated. Uh, 1999 donated as well. Said Geek Buddies. Hey! 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 Oh, this will be something to for later. What are the most memorable post theater Roka reviews, positive and negative? Come Christmas time, I'm treating myself to an affordable home theater system. So yeah, um, I guess we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, but we'll definitely answer your questions, Social 99. Like, what's it like? Uh, what were some of the worst after going to see a movie Roka r- responses or reviews? So yeah, well, well, uh, shit. Now we're getting real close to the thing. All right. never mind. Maybe there are limits <laughs> to this conversation. All right. Newton Lambert says, I love this show as a Gen Xer, Stallone, Schwarzenegger, et cetera, are the greatest action stars for me with the rock and Vin Diesel getting older. Who do you think could be the next big action star? Wow. That's a good question. Well, it's an interesting question because, we don't have action heroes like we did in our era, the Stallone Schwarzenegger yep. era, where like an action hero was very much, it was the John McClane model. It's like, I'm an average guy, even if I'm super built and I'm Arnold Schwarzenegger, I'm still an average guy. Like I'm a guy <laughs> and I go and I do amazing things and I like kill people. And I fight like, like my brother and I just rewatched uh, the original Total Recall. And like, shit, that movie's violent. Like you forget, like the 80s was like, the 80s was violent. And I do think, you know, as much as we've been talking about superheroes, superheroes are 
our modern day action heroes. I'm not saying we don't have other action movies. We have our John Wicks. We have our other movies that are just straight up like badass action. But the way that we would go see those action movies when we were kids is really yeah. what the superheroes are of today. And so I think it really does tie into like our next action heroes are kind of our next superheroes, at least for the moment. I, yeah, good. I mean, pull, pulling a name out, Tom Holland. <laughs> I mean, he's got Spider-Man under his belt. He's got Nate Drake from Uncharted oh. under his belt. I mean, is he is he like crazy, you know, you know, crazy yoked like like a Stallone or a Schwarzenegger? No, but the dude is shredded. Like on his Instagram, like he used to post all the time him doing gymnastics. I mean, that dude, Tom Holland is going to have I mean, it'll be really curious to see how Uncharted comes out. Yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of that director, um and I'm such a fan of the property, so I really hope it turns out well. But Tom Holland along with being a, a, a fantastic actor the guy is physically gifted so depending yeah, on is. how many years you go <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> behave uh, <laughs> <laughs> depending on how much they lean into his uh gymnastic abilities for uncharted it'll be interesting to see what his action career looks like going forward yeah, there are a number of good young actors that are out there um you know doing their thing ansel elgort uh jesse t usher um, uh, Tom Holland, you mentioned Tom Holland as well. There are a number of young actors. Uh, I just saw Cody. I just interviewed Cody Smith McPhee, uh, who, uh, you know, of course plays Nightcrawler. He's got a new film coming out on the, uh, on Friday called 2067, pretty awesome sci-fi film for VOD. I got a chance to, and, and he could definitely play an action hero himself in, in certain ways as kind of a regular dude. Uh, and so like those, those kinds of things, cause we don't see you're right. We're not seeing the action heroes necessarily come through, but don't be surprised if it turned out to be female. Rosa Salazar was fantastic. And Alita yeah. battle angel. Brie Larson can still do whatever it is she wants to do action wise. I could see her doing like a secret Jason Bourne type series that's all about her there's a lot of the younger women who are coming through as well who can do action one gina carano probably no matter what your feelings are about her gina carano could do an action series i mean tatiana maslany maslany absolutely is doing with the whole with she hulk now you know there's more here to explore with her so uh i would be down with that uh we got one more here from brian brawler says oh embarrassing roca stories i'm down for that i was gonna tell roca to stop bullying me into donating money but i'm down for the stories (laughs) when it comes to red state characters icon is that is that a, a, a character icon from dc i think so yeah is he a red state character i don't know Hmm. Look it up. Uh, fictional superhero. Yeah. Oh, icon. Oh, I don't know if icon is necessary. It's from Milestone, right? Well, he's a he's an alien. Okay. Um, okay. I don't know if he's a red state character. You'll have to give us a little bit more on some of your comments. You don't have to send in more money, Brian. Thank you so much for doing so. But give us some more on your comments, and and we'll see if, uh, if where you were going on that. Um. All right. Uh. Let's jump into our next story, Andrew G. We'll save your super chat to after this one. What do we got, Mikey? Well, we had some fun Marvel news, we had some fun DC news, and we have some interesting Disney news. <laughs> oh boy, here we go. <laughs> um, Disney announced that they are making a sequel to the live-action Lion King. Uh, 
that came out a year ago. Uh, and that, and the interesting part of the news uh, is actually that Barry Jenkins uh, of Moonlight fame is going to be the one behind it. Yeah. Uh, so Barry Jenkins is doing this sequel to Lion King. It's going to continue with the photorealistic technology that John Favreau used in the 2019 film. Uh, there's no release debts date set, but uh, but uh, the the log line is under wraps, but what the rumors are on deadline yeah. is that it's going to further explore the mythology of the characters, including Mufasa's origin story. Uh, moving the story forward while looking back conjures memories of kind of a Godfather part two vibe set on the African plain uh, with a continuation of the tradition of music that was a key part of the 1994 animated film uh, mm. and the Broadway stage movie. So, okay. <laughs> Couple all you, Mike, take it away. One, Lion King, the original animated film, possibly one of my favorite animated films of all time. I love it. I love it so much that even though it's not great, I kind of dig Lion King to Simba's Pride. And I also enjoyed The Lion Guard on Disney Junior, which continued the story of Simba's children, Kiara and Kion, respectively. Um, So I'm real, real into Lion King. I am real, real not into that live action reboot of Lion King, which I probably put, if not at the very bottom of the Lion King of the of the Disney live action remakes, because Dumbo might make it to the very bottom. It's close to the bottom. <laughs> um, and I think you know we talked about this. We reviewed the Lion King live action. Like the fact that it was a shot for shot remake with yeah. less interesting expressions and not as good acting. Like it just it was not as colorful. It wasn't exciting. Like they didn't bring anything different. And as we've talked about with some of the other Disney live action remakes, including when Johnny and I did a review of Mulan on the yeah. Outlaw page, I think when they do things that are more different, when they take some risks, when they tell a different story, it's better. So yeah. here's my problem that I'm having deciding how I feel about this sequel. Okay. I hate the live action Lion King movie. Yes. But I hate it because it's a shot for shot remake of the original Lion King, which is just a better version of what they did. Right. This sequel is completely new territory. So really no telling what it's going to be. And Barry Jenkins, really, really good director. Like Moonlight's amazing. So could they take, this horrible, horrible live action reboot and deliver a sequel that I, as a big fan of this world and these characters get super jazzed about, mm-hmm. it's possible. It could happen. Right. I'm not super stoked about this news. In general, most Disney live action reboot news is kind of met with a, I super love Disney, so I'm kind of excited about this, but I also kind of recognize as someone who has taste that I shouldn't be. And so this kind of puts me in an awkward position because Barry Jenkins, good. Lion King is a universe into it. Sequel, don't know what it could be. Maybe, maybe not, but also hate that live action reboot. So that's where I'm at. I'm very confused and conflicted. I feel like I'm back in high school looking at boys and not knowing how I feel about it again. So how do you two feel about this? How do you think I feel? (sighs) Bothered, bewildered. No, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I think... The technology of the live-action Lion King was tremendous. What what they were able to do. Now I, now, I agree that there were certain parts that were probably not as colorful, not as exciting visually as it could have been. Um, the story, you know, it, as you said, it was a pretty much a shot-for-shot remake. Not And 
not done well. Uh, the fact that this is sounds like it's going to be a new story. I think there's a tremendous storytelling opportunity there with Barry Jenkins at the helm, which I think is is a really, really cool idea. And, mm. and you know, and you can't argue the success of the lion, the live action Lion King. It made over a billion dollars, I believe. Yeah. What will be interesting, because nobody, to my knowledge, um, and I could be wrong, no one really came out saying that was amazing. I can't wait to see it again. So the fact that the audience that was initially excited for the first film is probably a little disenfranchised and uninterested. It'll be interesting to see if they can get them back into the theater for what arguably could be a superior product. Yeah. I mean, $1.6 billion, that's nothing to sneeze at. Uh, But I also remember sitting next to Michael at the El Capitan and having him call every shot towards the last 30 minutes of the movie before it came up on the screen. Because you I mean, because you were right. I was I thought you were enjoying it. And then you kind of looked over and you're like, this is insane. And then you're like this. okay, now this. Well, now this is coming. And then, boom, it showed up. And I was like, oh, my God, because I mean, because you've memorized the movie. I've only seen the movie twice maybe but like you memorized it and so you knew exactly what was going to happen so i just was like blown away by that but it made 1.6 billion dollars but i i think this is a pr move by disney let's remove the white director let's bring in a black director let's flesh this out a little bit more let's see what we've got we made 1.6 billion so if we come out and this film gets some good early buzz and some good early reviews then people will come will forget about the original one and we'll forget about that John Favreau one and if it sounded like the, and if it sounds like the reviews are saying these are this is I mean, interesting a new approach then people will come so i think that you take a chance on this and Barry Jenkins is challenged by this as well and it's a leap up you know he wasn't making a lot of money doing if Beale street could talk or moonlight you're not making a lot of money doing those movies so jumping up I, into the disney sphere is a good move for him i mean look what he can i create. will say yeah and to shannon's point it's in africa too yeah yeah, to Shannon's point, there's an opportunity here. I mean, like if Barry Jenkins went into Disney and he was like, look, growing up, I loved Lion King. As a black director, I always thought about what happened next with Simba and this is what I thought. And Disney was like, that's really cool. Like maybe maybe there's a great thing there. I don't know. So I, it's very, it's very conflicting news to me. I'm just kind of like, I don't know. I yeah. just don't know about this at all. I think that's um, fair. Do you think, I don't do you, think somebody somebody mentioned in the stream about Lion yeah. King too. Like I don't I don't think they're going to go down the animated road right. of Kiara and Kovu and her stepping up. Like I think this is probably going to be its whole own its its whole own thing. So it'll be interesting to see. Do we have Donald, Donald Glover and uh, Beyonce coming back? I mean, if they go the Godfather two route, that would be my assumption. If you had if you're continuing the story while looking into Mufasa's past, that would be my assumption is that they would get them back. And I and I imagine they both would be. Uh, uh, excited at the prospect of working with Barry Jenkins. Right, right. I know it was you, Pumbaa. I know it was you. <laughs> you broke my heart. There it is. I want to say There it is. <laughs> you broke my heart. Uh, <laughs> is, is Pumbaa Fredo? Is yeah, it- uh, Pumbaa Pumba Fredo. I think Timon's Fredo. Timon would not be Fredo. Timon's too smart to be Fredo. Pumbaa just wanted to be liked by everybody. So conscious about his farts? Come on. Yeah, I'm just uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, I, th- I think it's a, I think it's a gutsy choice 
uh, by Disney to pick Barry Jenkins and for Barry Jenkins is a smart choice to see what he can do with this thing, kind of resuscitate it. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, I, I, I hold judgment out, but I'm with Mikey. Did we need it? But if we don't, if we, if, if, if you've got that general feeling, having someone like Barry Jenkins with the pedigree that he has stepping in kind of helps. So uh, let's see. we got a super chat here from Tim Terrell. He says, uh, if Shuri becomes Black Panther in the MCU, we will never see T'Challa's Black Panther on screen again in our lifetime, or at least 20 years. Fair to say? I mean, that the bigger question behind that question is, how long can the MCU go? Yeah. I mean, that's really – the real question is, like, the MCU has gone 10 years – does it go another 10? Does it go another 20? Where this is a contiguous story where there is not another T'Challa. There is not another Steve Rogers. Yeah. Uh, unless some other universe opens and new younger characters come in. Like, I guess it's a comic book world. Anything's possible. Mm -hmm. But the real question is, like, at what point, you know, with, with, with DC movies – we've had a few different Superman. We've had multiple Batman, you know, yeah. like we've had, like we've got, you know, we, that we've gone through it a couple times where you did a couple movies. They stopped a couple more movies happened. They stopped. Yeah. MCU has this track record right now. Um, and it's, it's, we live in a different world. Like we live in a world now where you're not rebooting the things you love. You're continuing like star yeah. Wars is a continuation. The Marvel cinematic universe is a continuation. Uh, Harry Potter will leave alone right now because we are not talking about wizards this month. But, uh, but you know, but like in general, we we have we like a continuation where there's new characters added. So, yeah. who's who's to say? Like, I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah. What do you well, think? Well, I think right now, I mean, we're still very close to to Chadwick Boseman's passing. That is yeah. a that's sure. that's a very that's a very fresh wound, and I I would think. Most fans right now would balk at the idea of stepping into the role of of having another actor step into the role of T'Challa. Um, I I kind of wonder what what would Chadwick Boseman want? Would he want T'Challa's story to keep going? I don't know. Um, but but I do think Mike is right. I mean the the instances of recasting in Marvel are very very small. I mean it's it's pretty much just Terrence it's, Howard. Terrence, Terrence Howard. Howard. And uh, the guy, Josh Dallas, what's his name? Who Thor one and Thor two? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Warriors three, the blonde guy. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, personally, and again, this is still speaking from a place of this is fresh. I personally hope they don't. Yeah. Because to, in my head, Chadwick Boseman's always going to be T'Challa, and you know, you have people that Christopher Reeve is always going to be Superman. I don't right. know. Right. Um. Uh. You can't go the route with Shuri as Black Panther. Certainly it's in the comics, so there's foundation to do it. But I thought they were setting up Shuri to be the Tony Stark of the, this next phase of the MCU. And if Kevin Feige said she's the most intelligent person in the MCU. So if she is that, then I think being Black Panther is not big enough for what Shuri is supposed to do. Not just take care of Wakanda, take care of the globe. And if she, and, and beyond possibly into the galaxy. If she is going to serve as that, creating tech, creating tech and technology and being part of it, then I think there's a bigger role for her to play than just being Black Panther. And by the way, Black Panther is a big role, but I just think being in charge of the whole world and then possibly into the galaxy uh, is, uh, is an even bigger role. And I think that's where uh, you're going to put Shuri. I think they're going to let some time pass. I've always I've I've been saying this lately. My vote is that they find a way to resuscitate Killmonger and bring Michael B. Jordan back and have him step in to play 
uh, Black Panther, but with the idea, with the knowledge of what he's experienced and the lessons he's learned from his interactions with T'Challa, that could be something maybe on a a spiritual plane, something happens there, you know, so there's some, there's stuff to explore there. Aldous Hodge being cast as Black Man, uh, Hawkman rather, removes him in my mind from Black Panther. But I would have loved to see Aldous Hodge in Black Panther. I think he could have been a great choice as well. But I think they're going to wait. This, these, this, they're going to wait five years. Look, we've had three Jokers. You know, we've had, how many? We've had two since Heath died. So we've had four Jokers. We've had two since Heath died. So the fact of waiting uh, is not out of the realm of possibility for a studio until it kind of dies down a little bit. Then they find an organic way to bring uh, a Black Panther through. Who knows? Uh, but, so, but, I mean, but in the case of the Joker, but in the case of the Joker, that's three different Jokers and three different iterations and universes. It's absolutely. not yeah, absolutely, so. and and rightly, <laughs> I'm being corrected in the comments. Uh, Mark Ruffalo and Ed Norton. Yeah, the Hulk. Right. Okay. Hey, Hulks. So yeah. Block. I think we all just blocked Ed Norton out That's- so completely. <laughs> <laughs> so did so did Edward. I think. I think he blocked himself. Uh, let's see. Uh, Scrapper Alex says, "Hey, uh, been on the Geek Buddies train since episode four. Where is animation's place in this abundance of superhero media? Marvel and DC don't seem to be emphasizing animation as much as live action." Mikey, you're the animation. Um- expert here i think i think i would disagree with that slightly i think dc actually really does emphasize their animation you know we had tim sheridan on the show a few weeks ago to talk about man of tomorrow the latest superman direct to dvd uh animated or direct streaming uh film that they did i think dc does a pretty strong job of bringing some pretty big stories to animation especially for older fans in their direct to streaming stories they kind of take some of our best stories they're not afraid to be violent they're not afraid to do different things sometimes to great success uh like i I love their adaptation of flashpoint yeah sometimes that you get a killing joke in there and it's problematic i do agree that even though i have a ton of friends who have worked on marvel shows and are currently walking on working on marvel shows i don't think marvel's animated shows get the level of attention and love from everybody that the live action things do i'm really curious to see if that changes though with uh disney plus releasing the what if animated series oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, speaking of Chadwick Boseman, I mean, that's the last performance in the Marvel Universe that we're actually going to see him or hear him do. Um, but the What If series where it's the what if Peggy was Captain Marvel? What if T'Challa was this? What if that? Where they got all of the voice cast from the movies to do it. Uh, the little, little bit of animation that we've seen looks really, really high end. Um and I think recently, you know, with everything, all the shakeups internally at Marvel uh, and Disney as far as the Marvel Entertainment Group and a lot of the TV group kind of being let go and a lot of things happening. I know I had a lot of friends in animation uh, on the executive team who were let go from Marvel, um, which was a real bummer. They're really talented people. But I'm curious to see uh, what Marvel's next steps in animation are. I, I would love it uh, to see them sort of take the success they've had in the cinematic universe side and the, the success it looks like they're going to have uh, on the Disney plus side for television and really invest some major money. I mean, I would love to see some Marvel direct to Disney plus animated feature length films. I mean, I think they, there's, there's so many great stories that they could tell. And I think if what if does really, really well, mm-hmm. we may see them kick things up a notch, which would be great. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Sure. It'll, yeah. It's, it's, I, I do wish DC would release more. More. I, I wish they would get more animated stuff in production because, I mean, Justice League and Batman the Animated Series. I mean, those were things. I mean, I 
I love those. I mean, I still go back and 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 watch those. I still use the Blu-rays. Mm-hmm. What? Well, wait, you wait. got Young Ju- you got Young Justice season four on the way. Right. And Harley Quinn and Harley Quinn season three has now been right. announced. So Which, Har- Harley Quinn, I know we talked about it a long time ago, and I was sort of I don't know about this. It is fantastic. <laughs> um, really, 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 really funny. Uh, in terms of Marvel, look, I can't imagine they would just let that let, leave that on the table, even right. though having everything under sort of the MCU umbrella could complicate it complicates the storytelling because it's like here's the one story we're telling yeah. uh having sort of side adventures could possibly gum up the works a little bit again i think mike is right it'll be interesting to, it'll be interesting to see what happens with what if which i'm really i mean just the the handful of premises that we know about yeah um i'm super excited i'm super excited to see scrawny steve rogers piloting a, a the first generation of, of an Iron Man suit while uh, Peggy becomes Captain Carter. I mean, that's that's going to be that's going to be awesome. Doesn't T'Challa become uh, Guardian? Uh, Guardian Star-Lord. Star-Lord, right? Star-Lord. So that, that's going to be fun to see. I agree. I agree. We're going to see a zombie Captain America going Woo! up against going up against Winter Soldier. I mean, nice. There's some oceans. cool. There's some cool stuff in there. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have. I don't know if I can chime in as a knowledgeable with these gentlemen who both work in in animation uh, uh, as well. But um, I usually turn to DC when it comes to animation. I rarely turn to Marvel. And I know there are people who love that Marvel's Avengers series, that Iron Man series, and other Marvel animated series that have come out. But I mean, the Green Lantern series was fantastic for me. Wow, it was good. Yeah, yeah, Young Justice gets a lot of love. They brought it back. It got so much love. Uh, you know, there and I know a couple of people have done voices on there with friends of mine, and then uh, all the stuff that goes on with the Batman animated series, and like you just mentioned, Mike uh, Harley Quinn coming through as well. And then those movies I mean, I think the reason we don't get those movies as often is because they spend a lot of time on their premiere titles, and it shows when you watch it. Dark Knight Returns Part One and Two are maybe the only. This side of Spider-Verse, the only superhero animated films that I own is the part one and two of uh, A Dark Knight Returns, which are fantastic. Yeah, Ollie, I totally didn't even think about this as part of Marvel because I don't think of it, but you're right. I mean, Into the Spider-Verse also. Marvel, for all that they, uh, DC's doing more direct-to-streaming stuff, Into the Spider-Verse really is one of the greatest animated feature films of all time. And we're going to get at least one more of those, if not also a Spider-Woman or Spider-Women movie. Um, So I think that's really good, too. So I it is I I don't disagree with you. I think that especially as someone who works in animation and is a huge animation fan, I think that the live action stuff is the more marquee stuff. People get more excited about it. Um, But there is some really, really strong uh, animated stuff going on. And I hope. It just continues. Yeah, fair. And for for any of our listeners who did not catch Justice League action when it was on a couple of years ago, that is such a blast to watch. And they're eleven minute episodes. I mean, that's a great thing just to just to turn on to have on. I mean, really, really fun fun action, but at the same time, really. Uh, uh, really fun uh, comedy from the characters as well. Yeah, certainly, certainly. Uh, all right, let's see. Let's hit some more of these uh, uh, Streamlabs real quick. Uh, Andrew G said, the next big action star should be Arnold's son, Joseph Baena, in a movie called Son of Conan. Have you seen this kid? He's the spitting image of a young bodybuilder, Arnold, putting that into the universe. All right, Andrew G, respect. Uh, I think it's the son of the maid. Am I right on that? Is that correct? I think that's right. I mean, I don't <laughs> want to speak out of turn because I don't need Arnold finding me and kicking the shit out of me. But I think he's, yeah, this kid is, wow, holy shit snacks. He's not long, He's not wrong. This kid is huge. 
All right. Fair <laughs> enough. All right. All right. How do you uh, spell the la- how do you spell the last name, John? B-A-E-N-A. Lord Almighty. Uh this kid is oh my god. Hold on. I'm gonna bring up a picture uh for you guys to take a look. This is a great suggestion, by the way. Uh <laughs> and yes, I think it is the uh uh made yes with spider-verse and lego movie there may indeed be a connection we should probably let those guys do more animated movies i agree (laughs) with that (laughs) Uh, who i wonder who said that all right my god (laughs) holy mary mother of god it does look like a young arnold i think arnold's a little better looking but yeah i mean good god that guy is built I don't, I don't, I don't know how I feel about any of that. Oh, right, you know, it would fart. The part. What, what disturbed you the most? Show I me, show me on the doll. Show me on the. Doll. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, let's move on. Let's see if we got any more. Uh, no, 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 no. Brown power. I like that. Brown power. Respect. Respect. Um, let's see. Uh, John Forty K says, "No, what that means? Nighthawk is a Marvel character. I think you might be thinking of Nightwing, who is a DC character." Also, is Hawkman no longer a super conservative character? This used to be a clashing point between him and Green Arrow. Is that correct? I, I haven't been keeping up on the comics, so is that correct? I, I feel like that's been a while, but yeah. Okay. All right. Am I am I wrong, Mike? No, I think that's true. I mean, I think that at certain points he is seen as the more conservative or the more traditional valued person. Uh, and I think that might be interesting. I think there's some interesting stuff to play there. Bro, but I black think that conservative gets, character. Could but I, I do think that gets to the point that I was trying to make earlier and not to get back into it because I think that it is a challenging thing to do, but that the, that we've sort of like bled into uh, traditional values and unaccepting values being sort of synonymous with each other. And I think that characters like a Carter Hall, uh, the way he was portrayed uh, or Green Lantern back to Shannon's point in the Green Lantern, Green Arrow comics of the seventies, It's taking like a liberal and conservative stance with two characters that are still very accepting of lots of people. I think that I think that that's kind of what I was getting at is I'm trying to figure out like what yeah. are the points of like I have traditional values and I'm not a racist, homophobic, misogynist. Right. Trying to like find that find where that line is, which to be fair in the world we live in today is challenging to find sometimes. True, true. Uh, Cinema Gorilla says he thick. All right. I respect. mean. Yeah. Did you guys read today that Netflix announced they're going to do a cartoon? <laughs> that they're going to do uh, what just happened? The nanny's son. That's good. Ooh. Did Sorry. you guys read that Netflix announced they're going to do a Conan series? Yes, I saw that. Yeah. Do you want to get into that at all? No, no, no. I was just because because Conan is is lighting up on on the comments and I was right. like, oh yeah, they are doing a Conan live action series, or at I least they're trying to. Up. He said, I was going to say little honor, but there's nothing little about him. There you go. Lewis Cox wants us to behave. <laughs> so hard, though. Ironic, given his last name. Uh, show him the pick again. It's <laughs> <laughs> Killmonger. Uh, Guatemalan representation with the maid. Respect is right. He's half Latino. Half la- uh, half Latino Arnold. You all are fucked. The world is fucked. Half Latino Arnold is awesome. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Yeah, he has his Arnold's genetics, but can he act? LOL. <laughs> nice shot at Arnold, his abilities. Um, 
Does he breathe with an Austrian accent? I don't know. I don't know what that. I don't know what that means. Um, all right, cool. Uh, all right, that's it for the. I think uh, that's all. Oh no, we got one uh, stream live here. Hill Nellums, thank you, Hill. Good to see you again, my man. He says, first time checking out the Geek Buddies. Great conversation. We'll definitely catch more episodes in the future. That's awesome. Uh, am I the only one who appreciated the Batman and Harley Quinn animated movie for what it was? I remember it getting trashed when it came out. Did you guys see that movie? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I, it, Harley Quinn is an interesting character. Here's kind of how I felt about it, like broad strokes, is that Harley Quinn um, is a character that's had a pretty amazing evolution from the time that she started as the Joker's abusive girlfriend. And True. I think that she's gone through a real journey uh, and has come out the other end as a fascinatingly complex character. And I kind of feel like that movie was Bruce Timm sort of holding on to a idea version vibe of Harley Quinn that the rest of us had moved past already. Mm -hmm. And so I was kind of like, okay, like if, if younger me who was just super into Batman, the animated series, watch this, I can see how I would have been like, wow. But I feel like Harley Quinn has kind of moved past that and actually kind of delved into some bigger and more complex issues as a character. And I was kind of like, eh, this feels like a little bit of a throwback to me that I don't know that I need. I guess that's the best way to put it, I think. Yeah, I I agree with Mike. I mean, it it was one of those, some of those DC direct animated films, some of them are really, really good. And this one to me was not. Yeah. It was it was kind of forgettable. Um yeah. All right. Uh Brian Brawler says, uh, how much do I need to debt to donate for embarrassing Roca stories just for future reference? Mm, good question. Fifty bucks. <laughs> uh I'll do it for free. I don't know. Nope. <laughs> if you're if you're good at something, never do it for free. Uh send in the you can send him in on the stream labs. 50 bucks. There you go. Uh 50 bucks. Yeah, that's what I said. 50 bucks. You heard me. It's expensive moving, Mike. That's right. Get out of here. Uh all right, let's just hit our last story here. Samuel Jackson to play Nick Fury in a TV series. Does this excite you guys at all? Sam, this will be for his first uh TV show. Um as a regular, obviously, because he'd be the lead of the show. Uh Coming back to Nick Fury, are we kind of done with Nick Fury? Do we need Nick Fury in the MCU anymore? I feel like I didn't miss him when he wasn't in the Endgame. I didn't miss him, so I don't know if we need Nick Fury. Do we? You, when he was the last one to pop up at the funeral, you didn't get happy. I was like, wouldn't you know it? Showing up late, <laughs> classic Nick Fury. Showing up late. Um, you know, I don't know where. I mean, he's he's on a spaceship. Damn right, that's <laughs> I mean, he's on a spaceship with a bunch of scrolls going to the outer reaches of space. So I, I don't, I don't know what the show is. Right? Um, is it going to be de-aged to where it's the two thousands? Uh, you know, we had the nineties with Captain Marvel. Is this a two thousands Nick Fury? No, I can't no. think they would go back. He's okay. that that spaceship that he's on is modern day. That's not that's sword. Yeah, I know. I know. So, so are we going out into the galaxy? Because Mikey, that's a that's a pretty penny. Sword, first of all, first of all, a couple things. Sword is not off in the far reaches of the galaxy. It's sort of semi-orbiting Earth. Second of all, Star Trek has shown us that you can do deep space on a budget if you need to. Uh, And Disney Plus series is probably not on that much of a budget. So I think we're all right. But uh, in general, I think that like Nick Fury has been such a great win for them since the day that they decided to put him in the post-credit sequence of Iron Man. Um, And 
People never doubt no, my, my fucking doubt God. me in this space ever. Jesus Christ! But I did say right, well, real quick. So you're only going to get half the story because the, well, the YouTube takes thirty percent. So well, real real quick. Uh, yeah. <laughs> God, I gotta think of my best stories here. Uh, so real quick. Uh, I think it's great. I think I think having whatever they're going to be doing with Sword, whatever he's been doing with the scrolls, using a Disney Plus series to kind of flesh that out, fill it out, have some fun action and kind of establish that for what they're going to continue to do in phase four of Marvel is a brilliant move across the board. And I'm super stoked about it. I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. Shannon? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, again, I don't know what the show is, but I like Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury. So sure. Give me more. There, yeah. there, there hasn't been a Disney Plus uh, Marvel announcement that has has gotten me not excited. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Bradstreet is attached to write and executive producers, according to Variety. Um, uh, nobody responded for comment, though, to the story. Neither Jackson, Bradstreet, or Disney responded to saying yes or no whether this is happening. But it's pretty much considered to be happening. Um, all right. All right. All right. All right. We're just going to move on. Okay. All right. All right. New Year's Eve 2000. Okay. You know what? I don't know if that's a 50 bucks story. I think that's New Year's uh, Eve 2000. Uh, oh my well, God. Oh my God. You're going to have to come up with a couple of more. Green Guy 29 just donated 100 bucks. He said, I love you guys. One of my favorite shows. God damn it. All right. So New, Year's Eve, New Year's Eve 2000. I invite Roca and some of our other friends to my parents' condo in St. Augustine to celebrate the new century. It's true. Uh, we have a lovely time. Uh, don't, it's not a rager. We're with my parents. We're hanging out at the condo. We rent another condo next door. So we're all like just hanging out. My parents make a huge spread, invite a couple of their friends to the house as well. So we're all hanging out at this condo. We have a nice little balcony. It's got a view of the beach and the ocean over here. And at the condominium complex where they have the condo, just down to the, to the left is like a pool. Couple other nice fancy parties happening at a couple other condos around. People have some uh, tables set up. There's some nice music playing. People are wearing, uh, you know, nice outfits. Not getting super dressy, but dressed. Uh, we're all having a lovely time. We're drinking champagne. It's it's a nice, lovely adult <laughs> way to ring in the new century. Uh, we get to the countdown: ten, nine, eight. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Fireworks start going off. Everyone's cheering. Roca, Roca's excited. He made it to 2000. He wasn't sure if it was going to happen. Wait, wait, uh, real quick. Everyone said the world was going to end, right? Y2K or <laughs> yeah, Y2J, whatever. Y2K, they said the world was ending. Uh, you know, stock up on water and canned goods. Uh, make sure you get your okay. computer hard drive. Everyone said the world was ending. For those of you that think Roka hurled, you are wrong. Here is what Roka did. All of a sudden, we see a couple of people from the other parties who are also excited that it is New Year's 2000 running towards the pool in the condo. Now, Roka sees these people running at the pool, and he gets super excited. He starts running at the pool. And I'm like, oh, okay, Roka's going to jump in the pool. Now, the other people leap into the air fully clothed and jump into the water. All of a sudden, I see Roka's shirt fly off in one direction, kind of does a shimmy, and his shoe flies off here, and his shoe flies off here. And the next thing I know, there is a butt-ass naked John Roka leaping through the air, <laughs> cannonballing into the swimming pool of my parents' condo. As my parents are watching him, 
And the best part of it is all these other people who jumped into the pool fully clothed are like hugging each other and high-fiving and <laughs> naked ass John Roca goes to high-five somebody. And he goes, yeah, New Year's. And the guy goes to high-five him, but then looks down and sees <laughs> all of John Roca. And he goes, hey, ho, 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 ho. And then of course, John Roca has to get out of the pool. That's true. With no towel. And walk up. So we like like he was like he was the James Brown of St. Augustine <laughs> down and wrapped a towel around him as my parents just kind of looked at me like, who the fuck is your friend? So, <laughs> so, there's, so there's that. That happened. Uh, Shannon, what do you got? Uh, well, I got two. This is all fake news. None of this is true. It's <laughs> all lies told I, by I, my I, liberal I, friend. I, I, I'm going to ask John which one he would rather me tell. Now, <laughs> now I will I will be respectful. No, you. you choose, man. They've donated 150 bucks. You choose whatever you want. Okay, so Mike will be able to jump in with this one because he was there. But uh, right. Mike is absolutely right. I totally jumped in buck-ass naked. I, thought, <laughs> I was just having fun, man. I think we were drinking, too. And I mean, look, it was a good memory. It's one of my top New Year's memories. Yeah, man, we lived. We lived. Anyway, we lived. <laughs> so this is probably over a decade ago, but a friend Ooh. of ours was having his bachelor party at the Roosevelt Hotel here in oh, Hollywood. No. So what he did, he booked a couple of rooms by the pool. The Roosevelt Hotel has a it's a very nice pool bar area. We were all just going to be coming coming out there for the night. So. I don't remember if I picked John up, but John John really dressed up for this occasion. He he had on his he had on some nice slacks. He had on a nice a very a very nice jacket. Nice. He had on a nice red jacket. Um, <laughs> as we are all at the pool, we are all imbibing imbibing a healthy amount because we are celebrating our friend's uh, yeah. uh, descent into marriage. Um, <laughs> as we are all adults. Maybe it was more than stuff that we drank. I don't recall. Uh, maybe. Sidebar, I know where your story is going, but I'm just going to slide in an embarrassing story that is part of this night. Before, before the thing that you said happens, yeah. as we're all hanging out by the pool, uh, <laughs> imbibing, the things, imbibing the things that we're imbibing, I'm standing next to the fire pit uh, with a friend of ours who had recently come out as bisexual. Oh, right. No, 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 no. That's in Palm Springs, isn't it? No, 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 no. This is, uh, this is, right. and this is right, here's, here's what you have to understand about John Roca is sometimes an embarrassing John Roca story is where he says the exact right thing in the exact <laughs> worst way. So I'm standing at the fire pit with our friend who had recently just come out as bisexual. And, and John Roca had been of, imbibing a, a decent amount at this point. Roca sort of comes up, like elbows between us to warm himself by the fire. It was cold. Stands there with his stands there with his eye. Well, that's why you're wearing that nice red jacket. And he stands there with his eyes half closed, and he goes, "Hey, you like men? You like women? We don't care, man. Do what you do. We love you." And then he sort of shuffles away, doesn't even wait for a response. And my friend just goes, "What the fuck <laughs> just happened?" And then Shannon. 
So John has more than one of these moments where he may have become a little too frank under, under the umbrella of imbibing. So as the pool bar was closing down and it was late, because our friend had booked more than one room, it's like, John, why don't you maybe go lay down? Why don't you go lay down at one point? And, and John sort of Take ping, ping pongs down the, down the hallway. We get him in a room. The party continues in the other rooms that we have. Everyone had a great time. Yeah. It's probably around three or four in the morning that Vogel and I decide to go on a little adventure walking around the hotel. So as we are walking, oh. we, we passed where the valet was, which we did not notice at the beginning, um, that all of the valets have on black pants and red jackets. <laughs> so... And again, we, we see them. We don't think anything of it. But as we're walking the hallways and also the hallways of the Roosevelt Hotel at this point in like 2008, 2009, um, that late when there's nobody around, it sort of looks like the hallways to Arkham Asylum. I mean, it's, yeah. it's very harsh, fluorescent lighting. Mike and I are in a deep, deep conversation. As we come around the, the corner, we notice this uh, valet who we're like, is... We're like slumped like, up shit. slumped shit. up the against valets, the wall <laughs> one of the valets is passed out in the hallway this is so unprofessional i mean this is so unprofessional and it's not like he's laying down he is this the valet valet x oh. um or valet r um oh. they are leaned up against the wall but completely passed out and as we get closer and closer we say oh that's not a valet that is our friend John Roca. <laughs> do you do you all know what it's like? Do you all know what it's like to walk down a hallway at three in the morning and get really mad at the hotel? Like to be like to be like, this is some bullshit. We paid all this money and one of these goddamn valets is just passed out in the middle of the nope, that's Johnny. That's Roca. <laughs> Somebody, you grab, you grab, you grab his legs. I'm gonna grab his hands. Let's get him in the room before security comes and takes him away. <laughs> so we get him in the room. We go in yeah. to check on him once or twice, and John is on the bed with his arm raised into the air as if he's waiting to be called upon to answer a question in elementary school. So the the sun comes up, but we but we go in, we go in and check on him just to make sure he's okay. Uh, we, uh, sun comes up and I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to take, John, I'm going to take you home. I'm going to take you home. So as we're walking out <laughs> and leaving the room, John stops, says, hey, I'm going to be right back. He goes into the bathroom and just everything that you thought was going to happen from the former story. He did it in this story. And then some, <laughs> well, it wasn't even a bathroom. It was an open room that uh hadn't been cleaned yet and so the maids were three doors down but that room was open so i was like fuck it there's nowhere else to go i gotta this has got to get out of me and so i i might have even said shannon keep watch under my breath as i ran into the wall into the bathroom and just completely upchucked into that toilet you, you didn't say part, anything that coherent yeah probably not <laughs> The other part of the story that you guys don't remember, or you guys didn't experience, was while I was in that hallway, someone came up to me and said, do you have the keys to my car? <laughs> Absolutely did. And I remember this thing. And I remember, I remember being slunched on that wall because I couldn't move. 
Whatever I had taken, and I'm not going to admit I took anything, whatever I had taken, though, or what I took, rather, I'm not going to admit what I took, but whatever I had taken had absolutely stopped me cold physically. <laughs> I could not move any more forward, and I was slumped against the wall as kind of like a crutch on my – because if I moved forward, my world was absolutely going to shatter. So I had to sit there against that wall, uh, and, yeah, a person came up and was like, hey, do you have the keys – from behind me, like, do you have the keys to my car? And they looked at me and they was like, oh, never mind. All right. <laughs> So it was like, you know, that kind of I thought I was dressing up. I didn't know that uh, the valet were going to look the way they did. Also, I remember early on in the evening, there was a really cute girl I was talking to out by the bar before I got too drunk, and it didn't really oh, work out. Oh, well, you, you were doing okay at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, the, kind of. I kept thinking, a, and then I didn't do okay after the that. E- yeah. the, ev- the evening took a turn. <laughs> it kind of went south. It kind of went south after that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll throw one in there because we, we, you know, you guys paid for it. So one more. And that is, uh, um, uh, there's a place called, there's a country called Mexico. And I've only ever been to this country once. Uh, and once was more than enough for me. And I'm probably never going back again. Oh, God. But uh, the friend of ours, yet another bachelor party, a friend of ours way back in the early 2000s was having a bachelor party. Uh, and I was asked to go along. And at this time, I didn't have a lot of money. I was pretty, I was pretty close to <laughs> all the time because I was struggling in LA and my friends came forward and were like look no one else speaks Spanish why don't you come as our Spanish interpreter I was very kind of them to put it under that guise but I think they also felt bad for me uh, and they were willing to pay for me to go so I could be part of the crew I went down and this is right around the time when I'm like you know my father had passed or was dealing with cancer I think at the time so in my mind I just was like I was doing every drug known to man that i could to kind of deal with the pain and i'd never done drugs before so i was just like in that time so uh i didn't know what my limits were and going down to mexico one time uh for this bachelor party i took just about everything in combo to see how far i could push it out see when you're young and you lift weights and you're latino i mean you think you're invincible and in that time i thought i could take whatever And uh, I'd be fine. Well, I took the wrong combo of things along with the liquor. And uh, one particular night, I think it was the first or second night we were there, I hit a wall with how high I had gotten and how stoned I was because I was also doing weed. Uh, I completely went insane. Like I completely shut down and I could not open my eyes for like four or five hours, maybe six hours, because every time I opened them, it looked like the butterfly effect, the Ashton Kutcher butterfly effect. Everything started moving like this. And so I couldn't keep them open. So for four to five hours, I was sitting in a lawn chair, so, ruining everyone's high as they were trying to deal with this. So, so here's the other perspective on this story. I am sitting in a room having a lovely conversation with some people. And somebody comes and gets me and says, you, you need to come to the guest house. Yeah. I'm like, well, why? Well, John is sitting in a chair with his eyes closed and he won't open them. Right. Um, And I'm like, okay. Uh, So I come into the guest room and John is just sitting in the middle of the room. Like he's in like Mm -hmm. just a a chair at an asylum and his eyes are closed. And I was like, what what are you, what are you doing? And he's like, Mikey, Mikey, is that you? (laughs) Mikey, come closer, come closer. I was like, oh, Oh, we are having we're having a night. <laughs> so, uh, so I go over and I lean over. I start chatting oh. with him. Now there was one guy at this bachelor party that none of us really knew. He was a friend of the groom, but yes. like none of us really knew him. Right. And he was kind of a dick. 
Kind and of. he was a dick. He was so a dick. he finds out that John is in here and he walks in and he starts talking shit to John while I'm there trying to like calm John down. And John, with his eyes closed, starts talking shit back to this guy. Yeah. And the guy takes a pack of cigarettes and hurls them like a ninja star and just nails John right between the eyes. True. True. John still will not open his eyes. He sits there and goes, oh, oh, the pain, the pain. It took two of us to finally convince John to stand up with his eyes closed. We wrapped him in a blanket like he was like like he was Spanish Jesus <laughs> and walked him out to the pool as yeah. the sun was rising and convinced him to open his eyes as the sun rose. Yeah. <laughs> Don't ever let anybody tell you that the outlaw is not dramatic because that bitch is dramatic <laughs> AF. <laughs> oh, so true. So true. That was a hell of a night. It was a cocaine's Ooh. a hell of a drug. A, cocaine's a hell of a drug. Uh, but yeah, that was a crazy, crazy night. Uh, and you know, the the night before I'd kind of been a hero helping that idiot's friend out who got his uh, wallet stolen by a stripper in a Mexican strip club. Uh, Because he started to pick a fight with the bouncers. uh, They were maybe going to dismember this guy with a bone saw. Uh, They were really, really pissed at this guy. So I had to talk him down because he turned on the full white privilege American. I'm going to call the embassy. You don't take my wallet. I will call the American embassy right now. Uh, And, uh, you know, the bodyguards were like, you know, the the bouncers of the the Mexican triple clubs. Because he did. They did take his wallet because he was an idiot uh, and allowed him to be uh, allowed it to be taken. They were like, you got to get your friend out of here or all you are in some trouble out back. And so that's the thing that I had to kind of negotiate in Spanish. So it did come in handy in that moment. So I, that was a good night. And the next night was the horrible night that I just went through. So level level was- two trading. You do not want the High Roca TV show. Trust <laughs> no, me. You don't. you don't want it. It sounds good. It sounds good in the, in the when you tell the story oh, yeah. in retrospect yeah. while it's happening. <laughs> all right one more one more and then i'm done one more and then i'm done Ten feet tall. there was there was uh it was at one of these events so it's it's uh i'm just gonna say this is one of the events that we already mentioned okay where i went to go make myself a drink and i'm pouring myself a drink and i can hear roca behind me and she's like what do you what do you think you're, roca's going, what do you think you're doing you think you're special you're not that special nobody cares nobody cares and i'm pouring my drink and i was like why is Roca giving me so much shit about a vodka soda right now? Like I'm pouring my drink, so I'm not turning it. But he's like, he's like, you're not that special. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. And I finished pouring my drink and I turn around to be like, what are you talking about? And Roca is staring at the wall behind me, two inches away from it, with his eyes closed, talking to nobody. And so I just left him there and I went back outside and had my vodka soda. True. True. Um, what accent do I speak in the most when I'm drunk? Irish. Yeah. Yeah. You do yeah. a weird. Sort Why of do English, you do that? Irish yeah. hybrid. I don't. Oh, know. oh, you come to my bar tonight. Well, welcome. <laughs> come in. I'm gonna make you a drink. Why are you? Why are you talking like that with your eyes closed in this chair in a living room by yourself? <laughs> nobody else. Well, there's nobody else here. We're gonna have a party. Let's do it. That's true. That's true. In the old, and that's what I used to. When I'd get hired drunk in the old days, I would just jump into the Irish accent. I remember being at a certain friend of ours who's a who's a comic book animator's house and having just sitting on a chair and doing an entire Shakespeare story in Irish. 
yeah. and by the time I opened my and I had my eyes closed the whole time, I my eyes, people that were sitting down around me like it was story time, like it was kindergarten, it was story time, uh, which kind of blew my mind in so yeah. many ways. So and, and I feel like if we're talking about the same event, that's not the only story that involved you true, sitting that got true. some notoriety that or night. Taking my clothes off or throwing up. <laughs> true, very true. That night was uh, but we'll save that. Well, Maybe that'll be a hundred. I will say this. I will say this. I would say uh, this is a this is a fitting end to your final Geek Buddies episode in LA as we reminisce because not only did we start this show because of over 20 years of geek movies and TV shows and stories and screenings and viewings and comic book arguments True. and Comic-Con trips. But we've had some good drunken times as well. We have. We have. And we're happy to share that with all of you guys who are watching this right now. Uh, because it's really a sight to see. It truly is. Uh, and next time it'll be y'all's turn. That's for sure. Uh, cause, uh, t- don't let these two fool you. They've got their own, uh, they've had their own adventures while drunk as well. Uh, and, uh, whenever you guys, uh, maybe the next time we're I, around, we'll have you guys donate. We'll do it. Yep. I am a delight. Oh yes, you are. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. That's the, that's the Michael Vogel drunk experience. Don't ever try to help him up. You'll get a slap in the face. If JG's still watching, he knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> At least I'm not. This one, oh wait, this one, this one punches you in the nuts. Oh, this one. Now they're going to slap this, in the This face. one punches you in the nuts when he's drunk. That's true. Oh, That's okay. true. Okay. Yeah. But you guys didn't pay for those stories. Maybe yeah. down the road. Next maybe, time. Maybe we'll Next do Geek Buddies after dark. That'd be really funny. Uh, all right. That's it. Let's wrap it up. This has been a great episode. Thank you all so much for watching us live. And thank you very much for the kind donations. You guys did not have to submit that money, but it was very kind of you to do so. I hope you got your money's worth. I hope, those hope it was watching. worth it. That's right. And if some of you are watching later on and a lot of you watch us afterwards, if you want to send a little chatter through the Streamlabs link, you can still do so and say thank you for the story. That's very kind of you to do so as well. Right above my head is the Streamlabs link or in the description of this video. And if you don't want to, that's fine too. You still got the story. So, uh, uh, Michael, where, uh, where, oh yeah, Shannon, what do we got to tell them? Yeah, if you'd like to follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies. On Instagram, at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung. On Instagram, at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you'd like to follow Mr. Vogel, it's at MK Tune. If you'd like to follow a drunk valet in a red jacket, you can follow him at at the Roca says. Or a Spanish Blair Witch. That's what I- <laughs> Spanish Blair Witch is good. <laughs> Spanish Blair Witch was. Um, and although, although this is Roca's last episode as a Angelino, it is yes. certainly not the last Geek Buddies episode. Uh, thanks to the world of virtual programming, we are going to continue doing this every week, and we hope that you guys all join us. Um, so if you are watching us right now on the stream, or if you're watching us a little bit later on the stream, definitely hit the like button below, subscribe to the Outlaws page, leave some comments, because we love answering those. If you're listening to us on Anchor or Apple Podcasts or Spotify, leave us a rating, leave us a comment there so we go up in the rankings. And the most important thing that you guys can do is retweet us, post us on Facebook, send us to your friends, tell them to check out the Geek Buddies, tell them that John Roca is a fucking freak (laughs) and they should check us out. Uh, And thank you guys so much for everything you've done so far. Thank you guys for being with us on this ride. And we can't wait to see where we go in the next year as Roca settles into his brand new home. That's right. Looking forward to it. So that's the origins of Irish Roca and SEN. LOL. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. That is the origins of Irish Roca. Well said. Yeah, everything that my, my two fellow geek buddies said and my two fellow friends said uh, there, please do all those things. And, and of course, the number one thing is always to subscribe. Can't reiterate enough. I know Michael said that, but subscribing to the page 
gets us more people coming aboard the Outlaw Nation train and more enjoying more shows just like this Geek Buddies Live one. And we're doing one every month. Monthly, we'll be doing a Geek Buddies Live show. Maybe we'll do an After Dark, a late night show. It'll be kind of fun live as well. We'll have a little fun with it. There'll be more content coming as things start to heat up and things start to come out and things start to uh, go back into production, which we've seen already a number of shows that are going back into production. So stay tuned to this uh, a channel, but really stay tuned to this show as well. And for those of you who want to listen to it on your podcast format, maybe you don't want to watch us on YouTube again, please go to the Outlaw, please go to the uh, to the Geek Buddies uh, uh, podcast stream wherever you download podcasts and catch up on all the old episodes. Like Hill Nellums was saying, he wants to catch up on all the old episodes. Great way to do so. All right, that's it from us. Take care of yourselves. Thank you so much for the Schmobots and the Super Chats and Streamlabs. And much love to, oh, not Schmobots, but Super Chats Streamlabs. But much love to all you all for being a part of this uh, Geek Buddies train. Our numbers have been going up steadily over the last few weeks, and we can't thank you enough for helping spread the word and bringing new people into the Geek Buddies universe so that we can all be buddies talking about all stuff geek. All right, we'll take care of yourselves. We'll talk to you next time, and the next time it'll be in San Diego, and I can't wait. And uh, for uh, for and that's it for us on the Geek Buddies. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.